game over, man. It's game over. You always drink at my house. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Even when you're up in Shasta, they didn't have Shasta soda. I thought that's all they drank there. Oh, well. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, they drink other stuff. <laughs> I thought it's, the lake was Shasta it's soda. It's <laughs> mostly meth. Uh, <laughs> drink it? They drink it. Yeah. They should have drank Liquid it. Liquid meth. <laughs> that's a thing, though. I watched that. Uh, there is a documentary about, um, I forgot how to, I forgot what it was. It's on Netflix about um, some drug labs uh, people that were like, some one chick was like started using it and the first thing she started using was liquid meth they had to, well, it's like, she had a drop bloop on her tongue. It's like rule, rule 34, <laughs> except it's rule 42. Anything, sure. anything that can exist, exists. <laughs> okay. So liquid meth exists. Well, on that note, hello and welcome to Nerd Fights. On our first episode last time, Kevin had some questions for Jay and myself about surviving the apocalypse. This time, I'm going to have some questions for Jay and Kevin about my favorite superhero and supervillain, Spider-Man and Venom. So first, let's go ahead and introduce our uh, our panel here. Bobby, you're introduce the panel. Introduce us. <laughs> go ahead. I, I figured you could do, do it yourself because you're adults. But first, we got Jay here. Nope, Kevin, you're Age second. before beauty. <laughs> Jay here, and then we've got Kevin. This time he gets to bend to my will, as he cost me the win last time. So we'll see if I'm generous or not this time. Well, this is a an odd place to be on this side of the mic. Doesn't make sense because I'm still on the same side of the mic. But <laughs> you're in the same exact place you were. <laughs> well, you got to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Desk, face away it from just, your laptop. It does feel a little bit different now, being in a position of weakness because Bobby is a brutal leader. Kevin, I rule with an iron fist so yes. just mind yourself when you're giving your answers cool ham-fisted. <laughs> not ham-fisted. I, I rule with a ham fist there you go that's perfect <laughs> give me all the I, ham i actually rule with a bacon fist because bacon is a much better version of ham it's not even so, the same thing at all it's it is trust me it's i know like, it's just I know. lost this debate i think it's like <laughs> saying ground beef is the same as filet mignon it's not it's I the mean, same animal but it's not the same <laughs> all right so I, I've got three questions here, so this is obviously going to be a best of three. Um, let's start off with our first one. How would you fix slash improve the first Venom movie? So let's start off with Kevin. All right, this is a very, in my opinion, a very easy choice. Um, I, I suspect that the only reason I got to choose this is because Jay submitted his answer after me. Um, but the only real answer to this is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the only way you can improve that movie because Venom is like as a character is so tied so closely tied his origin his um his dna is connected to spider-man in every single way um throughout the comic book history i'm sure most of the people know about it but uh alien sludge basically comes from another planet lands on earth and immediately attaches itself to spider-man's suit um peter parker is unaware of where the suit came from but he likes the way it feels when he puts it on and that's when he has the black suited uh, the black suit for like a year over a year in the comics mm-hmm. um over over time he starts to eventually get corrupted by this black suit and he realizes that that's the case uh, and he's able to shed it from him and get back to his normal self what ends up happening after that is the this uh the black sludge the symbiote which which is its name is actually venom falls on eddie brock and then that's how we have basically the most common uh or the most popular venom throughout the comics um mm-hmm. As a result of that, 
as his character develops, he basically wants to be Spider-Man. That's all he wants to do is become Spider-Man. He wants to basically get the spotlight for being some sort of hero. He doesn't end up doing it the right way a lot of the times, but um, but that's basically his motivation. So if you have a Venom story developed that way, make him more of an anti-hero instead of just a guy based on his want to be Spider-Man, much better motivation for the character in the movie. Whereas now it's just kind of, it puts it all on Eddie Brock as a character. And we and Eddie Brock isn't that deep, especially in the movies. Um, mm. So I think that having Spider-Man in there as a character would improve it greatly. Well, I got to ask you one question. Why or what is not deep about a social commentary blogger? Blogger. Okay, Jay, what's your choice? <laughs> yes, Jay, what is your choice? Well, my choice is... Like this lives in the little more reality here, you know. We can't go back and and change the past and have you know Sony and MCU get along so they can actually do that. Um, maybe some kind of mention or hint at Spider-Man would be cool. Um, but my choice would be, you know, I think if we kind of, I feel like we're being stuck with this kind of version of Venom. And so if we were to go back and maybe like if there's an extended cut or something like that. But um, I feel like. There's a lot of useless things in this movie. Like the almost like the villain is pretty pretty weak. The villain's pretty weak. I mean, he's just another symbiote, which would be cool on a stronger villain. Um, but like Michelle Williams' character is pretty much pointless and kind of just a waste of time. Um, and I think just they just try to focus too much on humor in this one, and it's just a lot of awkward stuff that happens. Then they need to just get rid of it. Um, I feel like um, Tom Hardy was a pretty good Eddie Brock, but I feel like they should have done him more of like a narcissistic kind of Eddie Brock, like the original Eddie Brock we got. Um, narcissistic and a little jealous. Um, and, you know, if he, something did happen, like say he was back in New York and Spider-Man did screw him over and he's banished out to San Francisco where he is, and maybe he learned some lessons that way, but it's still going to be have those tendencies to be out for himself. And, like, I think I've said before in the past about Venom, like, they don't really show the duality of, um, I guess, well... I think he gives into more of Venom's tendencies as as Eddie Brock um, than he does in um, the movie, and I think that's something they should go back and do. Um, so, like I said, just uh, they need to delete Michelle Williams. Um, I don't think being integrated in the MCU at this point is an option. Um, so I think if they can work with what they have, um, just, and then bring in a stronger villain, I'm not sure who they, they might have been. Um, I mean. It couldn't be um, someone that's in the Spider-Verse already because that belongs, all belongs to MCU. So, I don't know. Maybe I mean, that's kind of a tough one for me who the villain would be. But as, elaborate on the, the scientist guy, the mad scientist, I guess. Um, but just get a stronger actor, maybe. Someone who is more of a presence. Well, well uh, what, what, oh, sorry. Kevin, go. I was just going to say, uh, from, from my point of view, basically, with my, with my version of the story, Venom would basically be the villain of the movie which is sort of what a lot of people were expecting when they first announced it um for the most part and a lot of people weren't sure how they would do it now that like joker exists for example we can see a villain centric movie and and in hindsight obviously that's all we can look at this in but in hindsight having a spider-man be sort of the the reverse of the coin with uh with venom um where they're basically at odds and then once the movie ends then maybe you start to show a transition to him more wanting to be Spider-Man rather than him trying to kill Spider-Man. So you could sort of have that as his character arc. Um, you can have Eddie Brock starting to gain more control over the character, over the symbiote um, versus, and that's, and that's sort of what makes Venom interesting is that him and, and Eddie Brock have a, an actual symbiotic relationship in terms of 
how they refer to themselves. They call each other we, they say us, all the stuff. Whereas versus Carnage as a character, Carnage is in so much more control over Cletus Cassidy that he just has, he's, he's me and I. Um, so that's sort of how you you can show that development of the character throughout the movie with Spider-Man as the hero, but not necessarily told from his point of view. Um, and like you said, like you said about the whole studio thing, um, in this in the spirit of the question, I thought it was you know anything we wanted, any way yeah, to improve the movie. That's that's kind of why I picked that. Um, so yeah, I just wanted that. to clear that up. In in a perfect world is is kind of how I'm asking it, but Kevin, so. Would you fundamentally change the character that we saw in the Venom movie to be more like the comics? Like um, Eddie Brock? No, no, because I actually did like uh, Ed Hardy's... Ed Hardy's. Ed Hardy. <laughs> um, I like Tom Hardy's... <laughs> <His> statues. <laughs> I like Tom Hardy's uh, performance as the character, and I think that sort of uh, neurotic... like the, the reporting aspect of his character was never really anything that was that... You know, it wasn't... Um, delved into that much in the movie so they could expand on that if they wanted to but in terms of his like neurotic banter banter with the symbiote I liked all that stuff um, mm-hmm. so yeah I wouldn't necessarily change any of his backstory um, just sort of show the journey a little bit differently so would he still be uh, a so- like a social justice kind of like reporter or like vlogger type thing like he was in Venom sure why not it doesn't I, okay. I don't think it affects the story too much and t- because it's all about his relationship with this the symbiote itself not necessarily about what he does for a living or even his you know even his fall from grace wasn't necessarily integral integral to the story so i don't know i don't think any of that stuff really matters it just matters his if he was if they were going to do it exactly like the comics they would have to have him working at the daily bugle and have uh peter parker out him as a liar or whatever and then ruin his life that way um, but social justice warrior guy, whatever. It's a, it doesn't it doesn't really change much in my opinion. Okay, Jay. Uh, so if you let's say you just take out Michelle Williams and all that storyline, what would you replace it with? That's a good question. Um, well, I mean, he could have a love interest, but I mean, it was just it just seemed weird to have Michelle Williams take on the symbiote in the movie, uh, and their relationship was just so dysfunctional. I mean. The way he, he steals, I guess, her information on the laptop just seemed out of character for who he is um, in this movie. I mean, as you lead up to, like a social justice warrior, I guess. But, I mean, to actually betray the person he loves seems kind of like out of character for him, even though he is an investigative journalist and he'd do anything at the story. I mean, he kind of, I think he would have thought more about um, the effect on his relationship with him, with his uh, with Michelle Williams. And it just seemed, like I said, it seemed out of character for that character. Um, if we had gotten more of a narcissistic Eddie Brock, then maybe, and then that was the point um, where, you know, things got difficult between them because he does steal the information from her. Um, then maybe she wouldn't have been as useless in the in the movie. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's my answer on there. But what if, what if basically <laughs> what ends up happening is um, you have Spider-Man, Peter Parker outing Tom Hardy's, or uh, Eddie Brock, for stealing that information from uh, his girlfriend. So that that is how you start the whole hatred between Eddie Brock and Peter Parker at that point is Peter Parker's basically a rat because he's a good guy, but he's also he also has the oh shoot, you know what? That kind of that kind of brings up an interesting question because Peter Parker would have to have the suit at that point. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. so basically Peter Parker is acting like an asshole. Um, he rats out Eddie Brock for stealing that information to get a story because they're, oh, they're be competing. Oh, that'd perfect for the black suit Spider-Man era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then at that point, you know, 
this is all this is all gonna have to be very quick at the beginning of the movie um but basically you have spider-man getting rid of the suit after that um and landing on eddie brock and he's already steaming from the fact that he lost his girlfriend lost his job based on stealing that information for the case that he inevitably is going to want to break because that's what that's what he is it's all about the story um so i think that'd be an interesting uh rewrite to the beginning of the movie having spider-man in there makes it way way more closely related to the venom source material that we've spent you know 40 years with Mm -hmm. okay all right so uh i got a question for both of you here uh i guess we'll start with jay so what is the biggest problem with adding spider-man to venom one like what do you see as the biggest problem with that kevin you want to go i'll go Okay. Okay. Uh, you said for both of us. Oh, you no, said Jay. I, Jay first. You just say Jay. Okay. Um, the biggest problem. I know. I don't know how I would even answer that question. It's my choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Kevin? Your answer sucks. Uh, Spider-Man would not work. Kevin. <laughs> I think Spider-Man. I mean, it, maybe stealing some of the thunder from Venom, steal the spotlight away from him. I don't know how much he's going to be be in the movie, but you know, you think people would go to watch it and be cheering for Spider-Man instead of, you know, being in, in, um, invested in Venom, you know? I think that would kind well, of, like, steal the spotlight, steal the thunder. I think that is, unfortunately, inevitable, having uh, Spider-Man be in the movie being a point of uh, interest, but him being basically presented as the villain of the movie, even though we all know that he's a hero, but showing it from Venom's point of view as Spider-Man being the bad guy, Eddie Brock and Venom have been slighted in some way. They're looking for revenge, it can. It would be an interesting take on, um, on that that whole relationship. One of the things there's a comic called Lex Luthor that came out I think in the early 2000s where it's all told from Ooh, Lex Luthor's point of view, and yeah. Superman is portrayed as the villain of the story, and it's and it's really cool. It's really interesting. So seeing a movie version of that um, would elevate this character. Um, you know, it it would be it would be really interesting to see because that we, would be we a have ballsy move at this point we have seven freaking spider-man movies so yeah, there's let's, way too many right now. <laughs> let's see one that's a little bit different make him more of the bad guy and then and then eventually you know down the road when you have uh when you have multiple sequels to venom they can you know start to sort of change the scales because venom's becoming more of an anti-hero less of a villain mm-hmm. himself and all that stuff so um it'd be it'd be definitely an interesting road all right so well with, that, with all that said kevin what is the worst or what what are the problems that come from what Jay wants to do with the fixes? So specifically, Jay, you want to make Michelle Williams out of the movie and him more narcissistic? Sorry, what was that again? Make him more narcissistic? Yeah. I want to make him more like the original Eddie Brock as far as character goes. Like more of a tough Uh, guy? More of a tough guy. More like, I feel like he's narcissistic. Um, He's out for himself. You know, he wants to be on top. Everything's for him, 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 him. He's a little more selfish. Michelle Williams, I mean, we didn't necessarily have to delete her from the movie, but I feel like um, she Make was her less important. A lot, she missed important. She was relied on a little too much in this movie as far as the, the story develops and, and goes, moves on. She doesn't need to be a part of the symbiote. Uh, that was, I mean, it was kind yeah, of cool to see a lady sim, a lady Venom, but yeah, it was, was just kind of unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just kind of tacked on. It was really just like, oh, okay, we're going to go there now. Everything's going to be, the dog's going to be a Venom. You know, everyone's going to be a Venom. Yeah. There's going to be a Venomverse coming up in the next yeah. uh, five or ten years. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that'd be awful. Um, I will say, though, that besides that, because I was actually going to bring that up, too, is the fact that when she wore the symbiote 
when she was wearing Venom felt like it was shoehorned in. But besides that, I think that um, in my version of the movie, having Spider-Man be the one who rats out Eddie Brock for stealing that information, I think it just adds to the the heartache and the and the despair and the anger that he has. So I think having a love interest is necessary. Maybe having it expanded as much as it was for um, for what we got was maybe too much. Um, but on top of that, I think that having having Eddie Brock be more like the comics, he'd be a little bit too one note, stereotypical bully type. Um, I think that having him have sort of a conscience and a heart makes the struggle with the symbiote suit a lot, a lot more impactful uh, because basically he's, he's a guy who has a heart and compassion. And he wants to expose all these, all these people that are, you know, that are taking advantage of the little guy. That's his whole motivation for being a reporter. Um, and then, but like his strength and his uh, virtue sort of negates the symbiote's corruption. And that's why he's able to hold on to, the we and us and you know his own identity and that they're working together not that he's completely controlled um so like i said having a more of a narcissist tough guy it's just a little bit um it's a little bit one note um a little bit bland so this would just add a little bit more of an internal conflict basically instead of him just giving in and submitting to that their you know their quote-unquote symbiotic relationship okay a lot of good a lot of good arguments here uh as you guys know, this is Venom is my favorite villain, and I was super excited for this movie, and that I was super upset about how they actually pulled off this movie. My two biggest changes of this movie would be to both add Spider-Man and to make Eddie Brock more of the comic version. So, like, you guys both picked on the two things that are most important to me with the Venom movie. Um, I think, you know, as, Jay, or as Kevin was talking about, adding Spider-Man in, even if it's just at the beginning, just to show how venom came to be that makes a lot more sense than it just coming to earth and being sort of like an alien that's sort of like spider-man it doesn't really make a lot of sense how it's very similar to spider-man without the spider-man influence but then you know going with jay's stuff i think seeing a more narcissistic eddie brock would be a huge plus like you know um i one thing i would have liked to have heard more from jay is talking about like how he could have been that narcissistic guy and he could have been more of a villain in uh, his own movie and then by the end of the movie he realized you know what he should be doing and you know leading into you know sequels so i, I would have liked to have heard that a little bit more yeah uh i just think based on uh, everything we heard here i think uh, i'm gonna have to go with uh, with kevin's choice with adding spider-man here just because i i think he made the a great point that's that's how the character came to be and it's like changing that fundamental thing about him is just it was just crazy to me and we saw it in the movie not work very well, but I, I think you put up a very good fight there, Jay. So don't feel well, bad about that. Thank, I don't feel bad. Thank God I picked Spider-Man because I almost picked Topher Grace. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh no! <laughs> oh, Topher Grace, oh, don't no. don't remind me. Why why is Venom had like Venom and um, and Doctor Doom have had such a bad go in the uh, in movies so far, and I just want. Like, that's five opportunities for those two characters. Those are my two favorite villains, and they have just been crapped on completely so far. <laughs> so here's hoping that uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, is actually good. Yeah. But um, going into the next question, now we're, uh, we're going more towards Spider-Man. I asked, which villain would you want as the third Spider-Man MCU villain? So uh, let's start off with, uh, with Jay here. Okay. Um, I know he's been done in the first Spider-Man, um, but... 
I feel along the lines of maybe just him completely is Norman Osborn just as himself um, at first. And, you know, maybe towards the end of the movie, he becomes Green Goblin. So maybe he's just kind of this, you know, rich guy who acts like he's a philanthropist, but he's really, you know, um, he's just evil conglomerate, head of a conglomerate out, you know, trying to get power. Um, and he's just doing everything he can to hinder and, and uh, disrupt what Spider-Man's doing. Um, and then through that, you know, maybe we can go on to some way along the lines of, into the dark avengers or something like that afterwards um where you know he's in charge of that or you know another green goblin or iteration of green goblin um would be pretty cool because i mean i feel like green goblin is the best spider-man villain um he's just something about him he's just it's, it's just almost his like exact opposite like a nemesis i mean obviously his nemesis would have been venom but i mean as far as pure villain pure evil goes um norman osborne green goblin um is is the guy and he's got the money and he's got everything that behind him. He's the evil Batman kind of, you know, so. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah I you can almost say like the evil Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, which I mean does. He pretty much becomes evil Tony Stark after. He's the um, evil two-bit yeah. Tony Stark. Well, he doesn't he, he, he takes on as Iron Patriot. He takes on that role, doesn't yeah. he, for, for Dark Avengers. He stole the suit. Yeah, he stole the suit. <laughs> and he doesn't so. know how to make the reactor tech, so it's like this weaker <laughs> garbage tech. So yeah. the suit's worthless, yeah. basically. It's all yeah. just a symbol. But then, um, yeah, it's like you go into the next stage of Marvel and you can have, you know, him and you can have, um, you know, Thunder Ross as, you know, the Red Hulk or something like that. It'd be kind of cool. Sure. All right, Kevin, what about you? So um, I actually like Jay's choice. And I think that my actual choice um, is going to have to have sort of the catalyst. And that may actually be Jay's choice. Um, the first, But interestingly enough, I thought it was going to be hilarious for to pick for this one, Venom. Because having Spider-Man for answer one and then Venom for answer two, that was going to be my initial choice. And it would have been a, that, that a great been funny. I would have liked to have heard it. Yeah, yeah. But based on the way that uh, that Far From Home ended, I think that this would be a more natural choice than Venom because introducing Venom at the beginning of the movie would be, uh, I think it would end up having to be a little rushed. Um, so I actually picked Craven, Craven the Hunter. So, um, and what I meant by having Jay's choice and norman osborne sort of be involved in this a little bit um i think that so at the end of spider-man far from home spoiler alert uh spider-man's outed as peter parker the whole world's gonna be looking for him um so who's the best guy to find him besides craven so you i was was initially thinking that um that maybe norman i mean uh uh, J. Jonah Jameson would be sort of like a money man for like hiring Craven to to track Peter Parker down, but it just doesn't really seem like his type. He's more of a mouth, not really, not he's, really that type of guy. Just like you know, he's done that. He actually helped create, um, at least in the the nineteen ninety four Spider Man show, he helped create um, Scorpion. Like he picked the guy and he helped fund oh. the project to get him turned into Scorpion. Just FYI. Oh, okay, well that would be that'd be interesting. I'm not sure it would uh, it would work that well in in movie sense, just because. Of the history we have with uh, with the actor who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, um, J.K. Uh, Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Um, but anyways, so you have Craven who's hired, maybe by Norman Osborn, maybe J. J. Jonah, J. J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, <laughs> but Osborn, I think, would be a more natural choice because then it would set up the future. But because we've seen Green Goblin multiple times now, let's see somebody a little bit different, somebody who's capable of tracking Peter down and has been one of the most formidable um, opponents too. Um, to Peter Parker, Spider-Man, because he is such a skilled hunter. Um, his talents are incredible, and he can track anybody down. Um, he's gotten really close to actually killing Spider-Man on multiple occasions in in the comics. Um, so, essentially, my choice being based on a fresh 
villain that we've never seen before. Not a lot of people really know too much about him, and his skill set would be a would be an awesome foil for um, for Spider Man. So yeah, Craven the Hunter. Those are, I mean, you know, I, I think those are two great choices because we we've never seen Craven except for in the comics and the the video game, or like some of the video games, and I think it would be amazing to see him on screen. And then of course, you know, Norman Osborn. Even though we've seen the Green Goblin, you know. Technically, we've seen a form of the Green Goblin like three times now. I, I think that's a tremendous character, and he could, like, he, he is the, the biggest foe for Spider-Man, so it would be amazing to see both of those guys on screen. Um, but I guess what what I would want to know is, like, how would you put them, like, just the, the how far from home ended, what would you, um, Jay, what would you do with Norman Osborn to put him in the universe in the next movie? To put him in the universe? Yeah. Um, I would say... Maybe um, as far along the lines of, you know, um, Mysterio, um, you know, maybe there were some connections to Oscorp in there. Um, and then, you know, maybe the person behind it all along was Norman Osborn. Um, and so, like I said, this movie, like in this, I don't, he wouldn't, he basically most of the time just be himself, not, not, not technically the Green Goblin. I mean, obviously some things at the end of the movie would probably, you know, lead to his, his, um, inception and, and creation of the green goblin but you just be see him as being the money man the person pulling the strings behind the scenes um and doing everything he can to um you know eliminate spider-man and now that he knows that it's peter parker you know he's has an extra tool on his belt that he can use um that knowledge and so it just makes things makes the world makes it even harder for him you know go after aunt may and, and you go after um you know his friends from school and you go after um you know mj and i just think like that's almost sometimes it's more menacing, you know, because I mean, you have Lex Luthor in in DC. I mean, I mean they're almost the same character, but Lex Luthor is much more, um, I feel like, conniving and more involved. Um, and that, and I think Osborn needs that kind of presence, I think, in this universe, which you know we didn't really see in the in the first couple Spider Mans. We just saw him, you know, trying to protect himself and save himself, and then him becoming, you know, the Green Goblin and going insane. Um, and wanting to kill Spider-Man, but you don't really see his motives behind it. So I think they need to show, like, have some kind of motive behind there. You know, I think we can all agree that the depiction in the Amazing Spider-Man Two should never be done again. No, <laughs> that was horrendous. Uh, that was, I, that was a great was, love story. For some reason, that's a great rom-com. And like, I don't like if they had just done a rom-com with Spider-Man in it, that'd have been interesting. But making that a, a superhero movie really ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, too, and it was the Harry Osborn, so it was like, you know, it yeah. wasn't really the original Green Goblin. We we should eventually do a review of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, because it's, oh. it's awful, and I could talk forever about it. I um, haven't watched it since theaters. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Jay, I do have one issue with uh, with your choice, what you were saying about um, maybe Mysterio's connected to Oscorp in some way. I think that sort of negates his character motivation in the last movie because he was all about taking Stark down because he worked at Stark Industries mm -hmm. and um, it was all just revenge based on how Stark had treated people in his past. So yeah. having it be like, oh, and by the way, he also worked with Oscorp or worked for well, Oscorp I, I, would be a little strange. So, well, my, my thing would be is, uh, you know, where's how's he financing all this stuff to go against, 
you know, a Stark after this, after they're, they've lost their jobs, you know, what, what are they doing? All... How are they doing? Yeah. It I mean, was a it was criminal, all left over... criminal enterprise with a bunch of different players. You know, they had that whole group, you know, we unfortunately didn't see their bank account. But... <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, that the person behind that could have been, uh, I mean, uh, Osborne, you know, it he, maybe they, yeah. I mean, he's a funding could have been funding them because, you know, obviously he's got a whole corporation competing probably with Stark industries. So, I mean, that would be yeah. another motivation for him too. So, True. I just I'm just not a huge fan of retconning. So like stuff that we already know <laughs> being like changed retroactively would be would be a little clunky in my opinion. But um, again, not, I'm not saying that Osborne shouldn't be in the in this movie because I would I would basically want him to be the financier of my villain. Um, but just as a background <laughs> character, basically him saying, "Oh, I'm here. By the way, I'm here in the shadows." But Craven's mm-hmm. going to be the main star. He's going to be the the driver of the of the story because Peter Parker is going to be running from him the whole time. Um, so you also you also said that um, that Osborne might not necessarily be the Green Goblin. Um, I think you need to have more of a supervillain type presence in the story for it to really work. Because what's what's going to happen is is Peter Parker going to be running from the actual Norman Osborn the whole time? Because because Peter Parker is going to have to go into hiding. His 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 um you know his identity has been released. So having a non Green Goblin Norman Osborn would be a little strange unless it's just like like a replay of Venom where you have all these goons that are chasing down with these dumbass drones. <laughs> and I don't think we need to see that again either. Oh, uh, but those are, those are my only complaints with Norman Osborn as a character in the, in the way that the, the series has been presented so far. Um, although I really do want Osborn in future movies. It's just that the way that you would want to introduce him would be a little bit weird in my opinion. Jay, what, what are your, what are your problems with uh, having Craven as the villain of the next movie? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, Craven, he's a pretty cool character, but I think like right now, no, I don't know. This, I'm going to go on the social justice warrior kind of thing going on right now. I just don't think a hundred is going to be perceived very, very well. Um, in this, this <laughs> modern times, someone's be like, well, why is this? I mean, obviously, I mean, I, he will be the villain apparently, but so what if he's be, Native American? Like, well, if he's Native American, he's not wearing a lion's head around his neck, you know. He might. <laughs> oh, they don't waste anything. <laughs> Native American going to hunt lions. Yeah, it's just a mane. So much sense. Just a mane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, had, mane, right? I gotta do the low blow with that. Um, but I mean, and then you know, I don't know how many people I mean, who haven't read the comics are gonna understand who Craven was. Um, I mean, I, if I would maybe replace him with the Punisher if they brought something in the movie, the Punisher I think would probably have been a, a you know, more relatable, more um, recognizable choice, and probably would have gotten people more excited about, um, you know, this villain, yeah, him I think, being. I think you would have the opposite problem in that case, though, because he's so recognizable now as, you know, the character that he is. Even though in the comics, that's there. there's a lot of history there with the Punisher hunting yeah. down Spider-Man, but we already know that the Punisher has more altruistic motivations. Um, so it would be a little bit weird to have him. You would, if in order to do that for the, the third Spider-Man movie, you'd have to have another villain anyways, because they would do the same thing where it's like, oh, there's a misunderstanding because they're hunting each other or whatever, and well, then the Punisher no would end up turn. Yeah, feeding the Punisher that, bad information. Okay, well that would that would definitely work, but then. <laughs> But then your villain's the Punisher, <laughs> and it's not Norman Osborn. <laughs> no, but the Punisher's not so, a villain then. It's still Norman Osborn. No, you're Using undercutting your own argument, goddammit. So is this like a BBS thing, like where they fight and then they realize... Exactly. Yeah, which is guy. what... Which Yeah, which I don't want that to happen. That ruined Batman vs. Superman. Well, many things did, but 
that's one of my biggest complaints is having Doomsday at all. So basically, you're going to have a similar setup where the Punisher is going to end up like being like, oh, wait, you're not the villain? We should... Wait, your mom's name is Martha? And then <laughs> then they got to fight Norman Osborn as Green Goblin for some reason. So, right. I don't know. It'd be strange. My, my next question is, uh, which one of you is going to have the Rhino as the villain of the fourth Spider-Man movie set up in this movie? Is it just the Rhino? Yeah, it's no I'm the Rhino. <laughs> it's Paul Giamatti Rhino. <laughs> Jay, I'll let you have that one, and maybe he worked for Stark Industries back during Iron oh, Man okay. 2. <laughs> no, he worked for Hammer, Hammer Tech. <laughs> Hammer Tech. Right. My, oh, my, last, <laughs> my last question. What is the tone of each one of your movies? Um, I guess I'll go first. It would, it would be, it would be in line with, uh, with how we've seen it portrayed so far. It would be, you know, Peter Parker is going to be his quippy self. He's going to be a young kid who's, you know, in a situation that he's never been before. Um, Craven, Cra- I think Craven could be a little bit darker of a villain. Mysterio sort of did get a little bit dark towards the end of the movie, where he he almost shoots Peter in the head. Spoiler alert. Um, but so Craven could have a very similar tone where he's. He's going to have the upper hand because he's got years and years and years and years of experience of tracking down elusive creatures that can kill him if they wanted to because he's smart and he's cunning. So it could have a little bit of a darker tone in that case. But I think I think you have to keep it in line with what we've seen already. Um, but Peter Parker may just be a little bit more in the deep end than we've seen before. So, yeah, I think you got to keep it. You got to keep it how it's been so far. What, what we've seen in the in the movies so far uh you know, even even the extended stuff, it's very like in Civil War, it's a dark, a dark storyline, essentially. But Peter Parker comes in and he's like a bright light. He's hope. So I think you got to keep it. Keep it similar. All right. What about you, Jay? I feel like um, I don't want to completely copy um, Cap 2 uh, Winter Soldier, but I feel like that tone of that movie should be something similar to what they have in this one. Um, you know, the world is against Peter now. You know, he's trying to survive. He's got few, very few friends in this world that are going to believe him. Um, maybe a couple of the Avengers, but, you know, everyone else is against him. The government's against him. Um, his fans turn, they're against him. You know, the people in New York, you know, they're not cheering him anymore. And it kind of just drains, almost drains his, um, you know, I guess not his soul, but, like, it just brings him down. And maybe he wants to, you know, give up at some point along the lines. And then he finds motivation, you know, to keep going. Or, you know, something helps him turn around. It's like someone comes in. Um, like Happy comes in and, you know, just gives him the pep talk or, you know, or something, maybe even, God forbid, something happens to Aunt May or Happy or, you know, someone he loves um, just to, as a, a catalyst, you know, to bring him back and, you know, fight for his life and the lives of his loved ones. Um, so just something along the lines of, you know, the world's against Peter now. Um, so a similar, like I said, to uh, Winter Soldier. Okay. That would be uh, interesting. I, I mean, like... The, the way that you guys describe both of these potential movies, it, like that's something I would definitely love to see. Um, I think Craven would be like you, I, I was worried about like the tone of the movie, especially when you said that you wanted to be in line with what uh, we've already had. But you like you did make a good point that Mysterio did get pretty dark at times, like towards the end of the movie. So well, I, even I think in that, you, uh, sorry to interrupt, but in that scene in the parking garage, like the when like Peter seeing all the old visions and stuff and seeing a. Tony Stark's oh, Iron Man with zombie. skeletons. Yeah, like yeah, so. yeah. you can have those tones of like despair, essentially. So, uh, but overall, the movies are based on you know a very lighthearted kid. So you got to. I think you got to. You got to hold that. I think you made. I, I think that's a, like a really good, uh, a really good move you made with this argument. Is the uh, like I said, I was worried about it originally, but then you kind of sold me uh, based on the fact that we have kind of already seen darkness in just the last movie that we watched. Um, but, yeah. 
There's not a lot of darkness. I mean, it's just there for a moment. Darkness. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, like, I don't know if we keep the same tone, I think, you know, just to have this, you know, something to be a complete opposite to mix things up. And, you know, then you can go back to that same tone in the next Spider-Man movie. You know, I just feel like Mm. it's going to, like, I feel like the first iterations of Spider-Man, they kind of kept the same tone throughout all the movies. And I think that's maybe was their downfall towards the end, like the, you know, Spider-Man 3, obviously, and then um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. It just kind of felt played. Um, and I feel like, you know, I don't want it to fall victim to that again. And I feel like that's one of the issues from those movies. And I just, I think a nice change of pace, like I said, um, just something to mix it up, you know, to shock everybody, you know? Okay, no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And it's like, you know, I I think Craven would be a really good, uh, would be a really good villain for like a, a one-off. Like, I don't, I don't see him, I, I mean, he could eventually join like the Sinister Six potentially down the road. Uh, I, but it's like, he's more of a, in the MCU, he's probably more of a one-off villain. Uh, and I think that that works perfectly just, you know, for the third movie. But I do love the idea of having Norman Osborn put in. And like Jay said, he doesn't even have to be the Green Goblin in this movie. Just having him as the big, bad, like, financial backer who wants to take down Spider-Man and wants to be in control and stuff like that. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Kevin did put up a decent argument against, like, the Punisher. But I think that would actually be really interesting. You know, I, it, it didn't work that well in Batman vs. Superman, but I would still like to see it. So why didn't Jay uh, pick the Punisher? <laughs> because like i said the punisher is the tool used by the villain <laughs> that, that's that's exactly it. norman osborne manipulate like you could definitely manipulate uh somebody like the punisher into going after spider-man for him even without the punisher working you know for uh for norman osborne directly i think uh osborne is that type of overarching villain that uh, you know he could be there for many many movies and then you know as jay said be you know the regoblin towards the end of the movie or in the next movie I just think uh, as good as Craven would be, I think uh, going with the like the tone like the Jay said, going more dark, uh, I, th- I think that that would work better for the third um, third Spider-Man MCU movie. So I, I would go with the uh, Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin pick. <laughs> good luck not having a villain for your movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one thing I, I will say, though, is I think it would work perfectly if, uh, kind of like you alluded to, Kevin, if Craven is the villain working under Norman Osborn, that's so what I you guys was, oh. Oh, so basically together. I get that point. <laughs> so we tied. So you guys can have Jay, a point So Jay's, Jay's quote-unquote villain <laughs> working with a hero is your choice. <laughs> is the Punisher really a hero? He's, he's definitely an anti-hero. He's, an anti-hero, he's, anti-hero. he's not a villain. He's in the middle. All, all I have to say is, Jay, Jay, you should have picked the Punisher. That was apparently <laughs> the right choice. I'm not salty at all. Not at all. No matter how salty I sound. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Sprinkle you on some popcorn. Ooh. <laughs> all right. So uh, last question here. This one's for all the marbles. Uh, okay. So if you could team up Spider-Man in any future MC movie, who would it be with? And I think we're back to Kevin. Let's go with you. All right. So I had a very deep – I thought about this for quite a while, actually. I, I sort of had this existential um, like daydream the other day when you asked this question and I thought what what would make us see the best of Spider-Man and the best of Spider-Man if you guys don't know is when he had a paper bag on his head and he was wearing a Fantastic (laughs) Four suit Bagman is the best of Spider-Man that we've ever seen so in order to get that at all at all costs we're going to introduce the Fantastic Four into a Spider-Man movie into the Spider-Man universe and the MCU as a whole um, for anybody who doesn't really know, 
Fantastic Four and Spider-Man had a had a pretty interesting time together at the beginning of Spider-Man's existence. Um, they were sort of he he breaks into the lab because he's like investigating something, and they they catch him, and then they end up becoming kind of good friends. And I think I think that a Spider-Man movie would be the best uh, the best kind of environment for a Fantastic Four movie because they're both kind of like fantastical you know lighthearted. there's not a lot of like heavy tones with the exception of galactus but that could be an avengers movie down the line um which also having the fantastic four would do you wonders on villains because you can introduce galactus you can introduce um annihilus and more importantly you can introduce uh dr doom which we still have not received a good portrayal of in in the three movies he's we're been. only over three so far so it's yeah. not that bad and they've Which's gotten worse coming? They've gotten worse than each one. So I think that that it would actually be kind of cool if in Spider-Man 3 they somehow introduced the characters. Because um, I, I don't necessarily think we need an origin for them. Um, so you could do sort of like a... Uh, who did they do that with in the MCU? Oh, the Spider-Man himself. You can just have them involved in the, the existing story as some sort of support just to kind of like ease everybody into the new actors that are going to be playing the characters. And then they could eventually get their own movies, which would have... have you know, set up the the new Avengers threat in Galactus, but um, basically this this would be an interesting thing because you have uh, Reed Richards and Peter Parker and you know Tony Stark are some of the smartest people on Earth. Tony Stark's gone, so you need you need a character like that who's less mystical than than Doctor Strange uh, to sort of relate and maybe even be sort of like a a mentor surrogate for Peter Parker because he's missing that from from uh, Tony Stark being gone. So. I think there'd be some interesting stuff there because he was obviously craving it in the last one with Mysterio. He was, you know, he was really open to having that replacement figure for Tony Stark, but you could actually have that for him in a, in a character who is a good guy. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot you could do with having the fantastic four in a Spider-Man movie. Okay. Jay, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go with, um, I don't hope it's not a too obvious of a pick, but you know, in the comics, these guys have, an amazing relationship that's almost a bromance bro love that's uh, gonna be deadpool um with new mutants coming out hopefully later this year you know they introduce mutants and you know so deadpool could come in here i mean obviously the, the goal was him to be part of the mcu um but i feel like it'd be just hilarious to you know have them meet and then you know it starts out as a spider-man movie but then deadpool you know breaking their fourth wall tries to take over the movie <laughs> <laughs> be great you, and then you could make him the villain instead of uh instead of the but punishment. he wouldn't be the villain, you know. They'd, they'd be, he'd be, they'd be best friends. But you know, it turns out like they're teaming up together to do stuff. Would Norman then, Osborn you know, be financing him too? Deadpool doesn't need financing. It <laughs> is a, a credit card. Um, so back to where I was. You threw me off. Sorry. Um, this is Spider-Man babysitting Deadpool throughout the whole thing, pretty much trying to not get him to kill people. Um, you know, a little more, I guess. Um, you know they're teaming up, and you know, you know, uh, obviously Spider-Man's not going to be rated our movie, so it's going to have to be rated PG-13. So I think it'd be hilarious to just like have a half of Deadpool's lines just being bleeps, and half of the things he does it's being blurred censor things, and then you know he pointed out to Peter Parker like, "What the how come you don't get censored and stuff like that?" Yeah, and, he could uh, be confused but, about yeah, why he's getting yeah. censored. I think that'd yeah, be that would be, yeah. that'd be really. And, so, and then you know maybe even somewhere along the lines, you know, Deadpool rolled. Uh, you know, rubs off on Spider-Man and somehow Spider-Man can see past the fourth wall and it breaks too for him too. Um, something <laughs> along the lines of that, like Deadpool so, almost drives him nuts. <laughs> okay. A couple, a couple issues. Um, this is an MCU movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 
I think that this is that that would be really cool to see in a what if story, um, or in a Spider Spider Man seven or eight. Um, <laughs> but my my choice I think is is better in terms of the future of the of the MCU as a whole because you really can set up multiple characters and storylines with the Fantastic Four. The Deadpool cameoing in a in a movie in a Spider Man movie would be fantastic, but having him as like an actual team up would be strange to say the least but then um, the thing about the next movie like he could not be nowhere seen and they'd be like oh remember when that guy deadpool was like and people would be like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> like it's like all a dream maybe or something like that so yeah. jay how, how would you how would you have would you have deadpool ever actually come back or would you just have him alluded oh, to no, he'd like come a back. fever dream he'd have to come back <laughs> um you know because i mean they're that's their best friends uh for a long such a long time in comics um and you know that's like like I said, it's a bromance. They they Deadpool literally it literally is in love with Peter Parker. <laughs> um, so I just think I, I mean, and then that's another great change of pace too. You know, just go along, kind of be your lines of you know that's what made Deadpool movies so successful to have something along the lines you know for Spider Man in there too. You know, and just yeah. being silly, It'd be fun, but so much fun. I sort of think like in a in a vacuum, Deadpool is great, and that's sort of why they had like X Men cameos, but not really like the high end X Men being involved in the storyline um so like being like okay we have this top tier you know actual like we're taking this seriously in spider-man this is a story that we want to tell that actually has some sort of meaning and then throwing deadpool into that and just being like a wrench in the gears of the whole movie would be would be really awkward um and i I think think it'd be hilarious it would be it would be hilarious but how many people would be like man the deadpool just stole the show from spider-man i thought we were watching a spider-man movie that's my point that's why i said he he ends up taking over the movie like it's his goal. <laughs> Deadpool's like, this is my movie now. Well, then that's Deadpool three now, <laughs> but it's still Spider Man. <laughs> All right, so okay, I got I got a question for both of you then. Let's start off with Jay. So, how does this? How would this movie benefit Deadpool going into the MCU going forward? Like, like how would this do for Deadpool with his own movies going forward? Would uh, would there be any like recurring roles with Spider Man or anything like that? Wait, this is a Deadpool movie. We already established that. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's a Will Ferrell movie too. <laughs> Man, Jay, you just don't want to win this one, do you? <laughs> I'm trying to root against Kevin, but now I'm rooting against you. <laughs> Clearly, Bobby's impartial. <laughs> I'm I'm so partial that I'm impartial. <laughs> okay, so how would how would Deadpool? be incorporated in the rest of the mcu yeah so how would this benefit deadpool going forward uh, i just think if you i mean uh, he'd make i think make a lot of good relationships i mean obviously if he's part of like he's trying to become part of the avengers or something like that and the next thing or you know and you know obviously it wouldn't be part of the full movie but you know he, he's introduced to the avengers through spider-man and then you know another avengers movie deadpool shows up and he's like i'm here for the you know for the tryouts and I'm like there's no tryouts you idiot <laughs> And he's got like an Avengers shirt on, you know. Um, this boy, the trainee, just, he's got an Avengers yeah, trainee shirt. Trainee shirt. It's just a scribbled out X Men shirt. It says Avengers funny, on it with like duct tape. That'd be a funny reoccurring joke going yeah. from you know the uh, yeah. last movie to this one for Deadpool. Yeah. And then he just shows up at a fight, and they're like, "Get out of here, Wade!" And you know, he's he just instead of like trying to help people or trying to like you know not kill everybody, he's just there, you know, doing his stuff. And the Avengers are like, "Come on, man." <laughs> All right, Kevin. Same question to you. How would uh, how would this movie get, uh, bring in the the Fantastic Four benefit the Fantastic Four going forward? They'd have movies. This is a, <laughs> this is a no brainer in my opinion because this they have had the worst treatment. Fox did not know what to do with them, 
the the first movie is okay the second movie is maybe a little bit better that's debatable the third movie is hot garbage they rushed it through only to keep the 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 name only to keep the trademark and then they had to give it back to the mcu anyways because disney owns the world now so this would just be this would be beneficial to the characters because they'd get a faithful recreation of what they are on the on the movie screen for the first time ever and there's people they're not the biggest characters anymore but there's people out there who have been clamoring for this for forever is seeing the fantastic four how they want them to you know how they want to see them on screen and the mcu is the most equipped to do this disney's the most equipped to make these movies um so that's how it would benefit they would have most likely a secured franchise going forward that not only benefits their own storylines but also broadens the mcu as a whole uh, for future team-up movies avengers movies etc so mm-hmm. i think that there's there's no downside there's no downside uh-huh. so my biggest problem with maybe the uh, fantastic four is i mean i know they've they've suffered due to lack of uh, good writing and you know just production um but i'm just thinking maybe the fantastic four just doesn't translate well to um you know a movie setting a live cinema kind of thing going on and maybe that's you know, I don't know what's, what's going to be different this time from the other, you know, you know, three times that we've had them four times, if you conclude the one from the eighties. <laughs> so where you, and I recognize your point, but Dr. Strange was like a D tier character that they brought on screen and faithfully recreated that. And that's a lot of fantastical uh, views or, you know, imagery that is shown on screen and it ended up working very well. So um, I don't think that's really a problem for, you know, Kevin Feige and, and Marvel Studios to recreate on screen. Um, but, you know, just to take a page off of that argument, I think that uh, Deadpool mixed with Spider-Man and the overall MCU would be such a huge tonal shift um, outside of cameos that it would be very awkward. Uh, I think that Deadpool is good in, in his own world and because it is his own world. We're, we're in his head, basically. Um, during these movies but having that transfer into movies that are like about mostly serious stuff would be so strange and i'm not a movie writer i'm not a writer at all but as an everyman i would be thrown through a loop seeing that on screen and be like what the hell am i watching right now it'd be i bet you'd love it at the end of it It, if this like i said if this was like a what if storyline i'm all for it because you got a half hour of it and it's over with and it doesn't it doesn't have any effect on, on the <laughs> MCU world. Um, that would be that'd be a beneficial. Okay. All right. So I guess I'm just trying to think of one last good question here for you. You guys have covered a lot of a lot of ground here with these uh, with these choices. Um, I guess what is simply the best reason what is the best reason for these team ups? Kevin, go. You mean in terms of storyline? Yeah, just in terms of in terms of the movies going like just for that movie and then going forward, whatever you feel like. Oh well, like I've said multiple times, you can introduce way more way more broader storylines in terms of villains. Uh, you know, for Avengers franchise, for the Avengers franchise, and going forward, um, we already have some of the cosmic stuff with uh, like Captain Marvel and uh, Thor and Guardians, and this would just mm-hmm. broaden this into. Um, you could actually piggyback a little bit on the Doctor Strange stuff with multiverse and all that crap. Um, so you can get really into scientific theory and stuff like that going on uh, for the future. But mainly, it's the villains. You got great great villains that the Avengers can battle. That's a good point. Jay, what about you? What's the best reason for Deadpool and Spider-Man teaming up? Um, just the antics, I think. Um, it'd just be uh, great to see. Um, but like... You know, I feel like Kevin thinks this one's going to be the next Spider-Man movie. This could be, your question was, team up in a Spider-Man future. movie. 
this yeah. could be way down along the lines. Well, you did say Spider Man. I 8. did say Spider Man Eight. <laughs> this may be work. This may work when they're out of ideas. So but I know then, what you're trying to do, Jay. He but... also brings up he also brings up the multiverse thing. You know, this could be part of a multiverse. You know, Venom. You know, Deadpool. You know, somehow crosses over in this universe, and you know he's there temporarily, and then gets pushed back. Um, you know, they have, or you know, they could bring on the whole Madam Web thing going on. And then, you know, somehow maybe Deadpool is best friends with the Spider-Man from another universe and then he gets pulled over too, or he sneaks across following that Spider-Man, you know, and then, then you know, he just latches on to Peter Parker as Peter Parker because, you know, there's all these Peter Parkers for him to love. So, <laughs> um, you know, he's got a best friend again. He's got multiple best friends from different universes. So um, a whole Madam Web, you know, kind of um, Secret Wars thing kind of going on. Would be what is cool. Miles Morales? Chop liver? <laughs> he only likes Peter Parker. <laughs> I, I I really like uh, I really like the answers here. Uh, I think you know Fantastic Four team up and a Deadpool team up. I, I I love all the answers for all these questions just because I want to see all this stuff with Spider-Man and with Venom. I think it's a lot of really interesting stuff that we have a lot of it we haven't really seen before. Uh, there's a lot of potential there. I think um, I think the the most fun choice would definitely be Deadpool, seeing him like push Spider-Man's buttons and then seeing Spider-Man try and rein Deadpool in, especially with a PG-13 movie seeing how funny it might be like with him not able to curse and do like crazy killings and just like wondering why that is. Uh, but then with the fantastic four, I think Kevin makes a lot of great points with the villains that he'd be able to bring in. Um, like I, I don't really know who Deadpool's villains are. And you didn't really talk about any of them. Um, you know, you have Dr. Doom, you have Galactus, you have, um, I can't remember, uh, Kang the Conqueror, I think he said, uh, th- there's a lot of, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of great villains that, the Fantastic Four would bring in. Plus, Spider-Man did have a, a very good history. I guess both had very good histories together. But I think um, I think just going forward, I think Kevin has the better point with the Fantastic Four, and it would just be it would just be better for the entire MCU slash Spider Verse with the Fantastic Four. So, congratulations to Kevin on moving Congrats, to one Kevin. and zero. Jay All is right. uh, second place now at one and one. And I'm sitting directly in last place at 0-1. Guess, so, who's, guess uh, who's winning next week? Because Jay's the judge. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Bobby, Kevin, just, now that yes. my win has been sealed, thank mm-hmm. God you did not ask me how Fantastic Four relates to Spider-Man. Because <laughs> not, they do have some history, but, uh, you know, Jay's... <laughs> Jay talking about his love for him and all this stuff. I was like, "Oh fuck! Don't answer me that. <laughs> don't ask me that." Uh, you know, it's that. Honestly, uh, it was probably a lot. Like on the scale, it was probably a lot further to Kevin until Jay started talking about that. Then it went. It was probably like a, a fifty-two forty-eight split uh, by the end there because Jay did make some very good points about how it would be a more fun movie, but I th- I do think it wouldn't help the universe. Yeah, I, I, it just it wasn't fit in the MC current MCU. I mean, yeah, that, but that was my downfall. Well, I, I think that was a great choice. It's just, yeah, <laughs> bow down to me. Congratulations, <laughs> Kevin! You have won your first nerd fight, and we hope to see no more wins going forward. So, Jay, but you know what to do next time. When I was an amateur, I was like, you know, seven and two. So, <laughs> don't forget about those days. Nobody will ever know about those, unfortunately. <laughs> those but are those are in the vault. Maybe we'll release we, them one one day. <laughs> maybe we did go a little bit long though. Um, so let's wrap it up, Bobby. Take us out. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, Spider-Man and Venom talk. Uh, hopefully we get to see some of these ideas going forward. Knowing uh, Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> knowing how these companies work, we're probably not going to get anything remotely this good, but here's hoping. 
But uh, thank you very much, Hi, and uh, thanks for riding the wave. Bwah! Get pitted. <laughs> Shred that nar nar. We'll see you next time. I'm the champion. Next time. I'm the champion. Only for a little while. Only for about one question. Only the champion for like a week. War. See you next time. War never changes. Fight. Oh,